information evening tomorrow night in a week's time. Amen. I'm excited for the word this morning. Um, we've been busy with, with a series called Simply Be. And I can't believe I just used that word busy. Um, but we said <laughs> life just gets simply busy. But we as, as followers of Jesus have to get to a place where we don't just fall into the trap and start busy bragging and let life just happen. But that we should be mindful about the rest that God has for us about things like Sabbath and all these other things that's important so that we can go into a new year with a fresh start and we can actually keep it fresh and we can keep it good. When I study the Word of God, I look at the, the, the fathers of our faith and they did sometimes get tired, but they finished their race. They made it to the end. I look at the apostles and, and the disciples who who, who finish their course of life. I, I love the words of the Apostle Paul. It says, if only I may finish the work that Jesus has given me. And then later on he says, to live is Christ, to die is gain. If I die now, that's okay, because I'm going to be with him. That's going to be absolutely amazing. But if he wants to keep me on, on this earth a little longer, I'm going to love it, because it's Christ when I wake up. It's Christ when I, when I do everything. It's Christ when I go to bed. And these guys actually manage to, to fulfill everything that God has called them to do. And we as a people and as a house are saying, we want to not fall into the usual traps that life gives us, but we actually want to get to a place where we could simply be with Jesus and fulfill everything he's called us to. Quick recap over the past two weeks. The first week we looked at four principles and invitations in the Bible. The first one says that we need to strive to enter his rest. The only striving that's happening or should happen in a Christian's walk is to enter the rest of God. And there's a warning that says don't lose out on this promise because it's available to you. The second thing we said is we need to seek Him and live out of Amos. That if we seek Him and make Him priority and put Him above and ahead of everything else, we will experience life and in abundance. The third thing we said is that we need to stay hungry. When we keep remaining in a place of hunger and thirsting after God and His righteousness, you will be filled. That's the promise. You will never get to a place in your life where you feel dissatisfied because God will always respond to our spiritual hunger and thirst after Him. And then lastly, we said on the first week, be still and know that He is God. I said this, the Afrikaans people make the mistake to, to think that the word still means to be quiet. But it actually means to sit back and relax. He is God. He has got this. And then last week, Pete did a phenomenal job with the story of Mary and Martha. And I love the words of Jesus in that story. He says, one thing only is essential, and Mary has chosen it, and it won't be taken away from her. Jesus Christ said, it's essential and one thing only to simply be with me. And he said, Martha, you know what? Mary chose this. And it can't be taken away from her. All the other things that you choose and put ahead and that you apply yourself to are, are temporal. It's not part of the, the, the eternal estate of walking with Jesus. The only thing that remains is our time with Him. So that's what, what Simply Be has been about. And this morning we're going to talk about the weight that we carry around and that God wants to come and rid us of that so that we can simply be with Him that we can simply run this race that he has put before us. And I want to talk to you about the virus feature writers for a minute. Anyone heard about that before? 
Okay, so this, this is the shocking news. I think, if I need to take a little bit of a guess, I think 90% of us have been diagnosed with the virus called featuritis. Okay, so I'm not a medical doctor, but if I know you in the conversations I've had, that is actually something that you might have. What is this all about? Well, in the software development world, there's a concept called feature creep. It's quite creepy. What it means is that there's always new features being added to the already developed environment of software development. Think about the iPhone. Think about how it started out. I had a conversation with someone this week, I think it was Sumeri, who said she, she saw an iPhone 3 and she thought, this is amazing, there's never gonna be anything better than that. Than that. And then all these features started creeping in and developing and feature writers is suffering from that thing where it's just, you need this and you need to add this and you need to carry this. And you know what? You are missing out because you don't have that. And the next moment we find ourselves with this terrible, and I would like to call deadly virus of just trying to keep up with everything that's creeping closer every single time. We live in a post-modern world. We live in a, in a moment where there's more, there's better, there's greater. There's the demand for us to enhance ourselves, to develop further, to understand more, to add another room to the house, to add another things to eat. We can't just have a simple piece of bread with cheese on it. It needs to have the avocado and the pepper juice and the mayonnaise. And you guys can hear I'm hungry. But it's amazing the world we live in. It's just a demand for more, for more, for the next. Have you got this app? Have you got this thing? Have you got the new car? Have you got the new whatever it is? And in the end of the day, we suffer from featureitis. And it creeps up without us even knowing. And that's often how we fall in this trap of becoming simply busy. It's by trying to keep up. But again, just looking at the principles we've already set, it's vastly different than what Jesus is teaching. He's just saying it's very simple. When the storm happened, he was fast asleep and the guys freaked out and he just said, why are you guys stressing? Storm, be calm. When there wasn't enough food to feed the 5,000, they wanted to make their plans. The, the, the features wanted to creep up on the disciples and Jesus said, don't worry, I've got this. What have we got? And we're like, well, we've got some fish and loaves. He said, okay, let's figure this one out. Can we get to a place where we as a people live like that? So simple without this terrible virus that's crept up on us as a people. So this morning, I'm gonna title my, my sermon, What's Your BMI? Okay, you don't have to shout it out. Um, I'm not a fitness instructor. The only reason I know about BMI is because of the magazines that my wife reads. I'm gonna be in trouble for that one. But BMI stands for Body Mass Index. And this is a, it's a calcul calculation that you make to figure out whether there is maybe a little too much fat on your body in relation to how tall you are and the bone structure that you have. And if you're into fitness and all of that, I'm not gonna look people in the eye. Um, you'll understand what a BMI is all about. But I wanna change not to what your body mass index. I wanna ask you this morning, what is your burden max index? What are you carrying around which is excess weights that is prohibiting you from running the race that Christ has given you to run? Where has feature writers come and, 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 and latched on you and you're saying, you know what, I need, to, I need to deal with this this year. And you know what, you know what's a beautiful thing? It's not out of your own strength. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
But yet, we cling so closely to the things of this world without the boldness to say, God, I'm going to drop this. I want to make sure my BMI has only one burden, and that's yours. And that's your yoke, because that's an easy one. That's the ideal BMI for us as Christians and followers of Jesus. So turn your Bible, Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Familiar scripture, we'll have it on the screen as well. And we're going to look, look at this scripture this morning to encourage us. A little bit of context before we read this. Chapter 11 is called the Hall of Fame of Faith. And it speaks about all the patriarchs and those who went before us who were running with faith strongly the things that God has called them to. It speaks about Abram and his journey of faith. It speaks about Joseph and Moses, to name a few. And then verse, verse 39 in chapter 11 says that, And what more shall I say? For time fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and all the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in the war, and put foreign armies to flight. All of these that went before us, the, the author is trying to explain the amazing things they did by faith. But there's a massive twist in the story. It says here that these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. He's telling the stories of all these men and women that went before us, and he's saying, but you know what happened in the end? They haven't experienced the fullness of the promise that God has given them, and they realize that they are strangers on this earth, that this is only temporal, and that there's an eternal, and because of that, they kept running strong with faith, the race that Jesus has given them. Isn't that amazing? So this is the backdrop to the first few verses in Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to read it together. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so a great cloud of witnesses, all these that's gone before us, the cloud of witnesses who's now looking at us and cheering us on, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Jesus knew of a joy that was gonna come and for that reason he said, I'm gonna endure the cross. Despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus, we pray this morning as we look at this verse and this piece of passage, Lord, that you will speak to our hearts. Lord, and would, we would be a people who say we want to lay aside the things of this world that, that closely hang to us, Father, so that we can run like those before us, our race of faith with endurance. I pray, Lord, as we open your word and discuss it this morning, that Holy Spirit, you would bring the comfort of your conviction as we listen to you in your voice, in Jesus' name. Amen. Powerful imagery. Jesus is just, isn't saying, just, you know what, just, just go figure this out, run a little bit. 
saying run strong because there's a great cloud of witnesses, a magnificent crowd, cloud, of, cloud of witnesses. There's thousands that went before you that finished their race and even they haven't experienced the fullness of the promise. Now they have. So from that position, they are cheering you on and say, run, 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 this is amazing. And that's what the picture of Jesus is trying to bring to us today is saying. I love Apostle, the Apostle Paul's resolve with all of this and I've taken three statements of his in various places in the Bible, and I've put it together as one. If you want the scripture references, it'll be on there. It says this, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. Imagine making that your decree in life and saying, this is how I want to live. Paul had all the reason to do this. Prior, in his previous life, he killed Christians. He dragged them to the council to be beaten up and to be persecuted. And there he meets Jesus in the middle of it. Imagine the weight and the temptation of the weight that he wanted to carry from that day forward. Saying, Jesus, how can you use me? I've, I've persecuted your church. But he's come to the realization that once you come to the cross, it is done, there's a line. And he stepped over and he says, I'm never gonna go back to that. But don't we do that all the time? We come and we bring things to Jesus or we have a revelation of what he's done for us and we just keep creeping back and we become the future creeps that go back and wanna hang on to the things that he has said, it is finished, it is done. Maybe this is your resolve this year to say, God, I want to make that the prayer of my life this year. Say, what's done is done. Water in it's forbij. Water on the it's over. But now I just strive for one thing, to run this race with endurance. It's the lightweights in life that makes for the heavyweights in the kingdom. Those who carry around life lightheartedly and the affairs of this world lightheartedly, if I study this book, were the ones that became the heavyweights in the kingdom of God. And the question to us this morning is will we be lightweights in life and be heavyweights in the kingdom or would it be the other way around in what we carry to this world? The better way to say that we need to lay, around, uh, lay aside every weight according to the original text is renounce every burden. So God, every burden that I'm carrying, this burden max index that's on my back, I'm renouncing those things so that I can run the race with endurance. So I've got some helpers this morning. Josh and Danny, come join me. Uh, got some of the youth involved with uh, our illustration. Josh, come stand here. Danny, have you got your time? Awesome. What I want you to do, Josh, is go right back to the doors where Marcel is sitting. And we're going to count to three, just hang on, just hang on. We're going to count to three, and then you guys are the great cloud of witnesses that's going to cheer him on, okay? So I want you guys to cheer, and this is a sprint, so we want to see what your time is from there to here as quickly as you possibly can. All right, okay, go to the back. Danny, you need to be ready. So the yellow line is the finish line, so all you do is you keep your eye there, and when he steps over it, you can stop the timer. What do you guys get? Three seconds? It's Frank's family. It's going to take him seven seconds. Okay, five seconds. All right. 
So you guys are the great cloud of witnesses. You're cheering him on. And when I say go, you start the timer. You ready? On your marks, get set, go. Boom. Four seconds, 16. You can do better. Okay. He's going to beat that. Let's give him one more round. <laughs> All right, Danny, let's see if he can better the time. Four seconds, 16. All right, guys, cheer him on. Are you ready, Josh? On your marks, get set, go. Boom, three seconds, 65. Give me a high five. Okay, awesome. Come join me. Thanks, Danny. You can go sit down. Josh, you're going to stay right here. This is Josh's backpack in life. Now, we're going to fill it up with some weight. And then we're going to see how he is going to do from this moment forward. So we've just seen Josh in his natural state, in the way that God has made him, does a pretty good job of running this race. But then the weight of life starts adding up. So the first one is the weight fear. It's not that heavy. I'll show you guys in a minute. The weight fear. Anyone deals with this? Let's, let's have an honest moment, the weight fear. The Bible says that God didn't give us a spirit of, but of. It's amazing leading you guys as a church. You actually know your Bibles. So why do we want to pick this up and carry it around? When we come to the cross, he's saying, give that way to me. I'm going to give you love and power and a sound mind. You'll be able to stand strong, but we walk around with fear. I had a conversation with someone this week, or I overheard a conversation that something happened in their house that wasn't nice. And they said, you know what, we have one or two options. We can tell everyone about it and complain about the burglary and the terrible stuff. You know what, we don't want to start, start up fear in people's lives. It happens, we go on. Fear is nothing else but intimidation. The enemy's saying, mm, wait and see. This neighborhood you're staying in is terrible. Your turn is going to come. Or the things that you've been hoping for, it's going to be taken away from you. It's all lies, but yet we carry it around. And then it's good friend on this side, worry. Anyone want to put up their hand and say, that's me, Pierre? I want to put up my hands, but it's too heavy. <laughs> the Bible says, who can by worry add a single hour to their lives? This is Jesus in Matthew 6. And the scripture references are on there that you can write them down. And pray through them. But these two seems to be the friends of the workouts that we do in life. I'm not showing off. I'm just saying. It's like, you know what? I'm worrying and I'm scared. And because I'm scared, I'm going to worry. And then I worry so much that I keep becoming scared. And we put these in our backpack. Josh, hold on. And say, okay, I'm going to carry these around. Let's look at some other ones. What else is available to us this morning? The weight of unforgiveness. It's a light one, right? That's a little bit of sarcasm. We don't want to forgive those that hurt us. The Bible says that if we don't forgive, the Father won't forgive us. But you know what? I'm going to put this one in my pocket and walk around with it because it's cool and it's lacquer. And I'm going to run this race with endurance because this thing ain't going to hold me back. That's the attitude we have towards it. We put this in our backpacks and we say, you know what, it's, it's, let me help him here. Put it on there. Don't want you to fall off the chair. 
you know what, it's, it's all right. I'll get there one day. It's not by your own might or strength that you're going to forgive someone. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit in you. So that as long as you're going to try and do it out of your own strength, you're going, to, you're going to battle with this one. But if you take that to Jesus today, you say, Jesus, at the cross, you've forgiven me, and you've given me the strength I need to forgive others, you can let go. And life is suddenly going to be a little bit lighter. So the weight of unforgiveness, ooh, this is a nice one. Social media. Okay. Anyone who's not bogged down by this? Because if I say you are, then everyone's hands are going to go up. Social media. Who feels that they've got a good handle on this? Let's, let's look at the positive for a minute. That's awesome. Proverbs 29 verse 25 says this. Don't care what anyone thinks about you. It's a weight that you add to your life. Yet we get distraught when we don't get the likes we want. And we put out our opinions on that wall of anything goes. And we don't care what others think of our opinions. And in fact, we want them to hear our opinions because our opinions are important. And then we care that they maybe fight it or come against it. And in the end, social media is just one strange feature that creeps up upon us and just boxes us down. Three years ago, I had strong conviction to get off Facebook. Brian laughs at me because he sees me on Facebook every now and again when I need to get some information through Helena's Facebook page. But it's amazing how you just sit and scroll and you just hear more opinions and more opinions and the next one. And this one says this, and this one says that. And it was the best thing I ever did to say, I've had enough. And it's so interesting. I had a conversation with someone the other day who wanted to fast social media. And she said, it's so difficult. I just want to pick up my phone and look at what's happening out there. I'm just, you know what? This is silly. This is really silly. And this keeps us busy. It keeps us away from simply being with Jesus. And we care so much about the other opinions. Do you have social media? Okay, drop it. Okay. (laughs) It's getting heavy. I'm joking. I'm on Instagram, by the way. I'm not dissing it. I'm not saying get off it totally. Ooh, this is a nice one. Keeping up with the Joneses. And you know what? These aren't just random. I prayed to God and I said, God, show us what our people struggle with so we can talk about this. Isn't this an interesting one, especially in the Somerset West environment? Where there's so much pressure on performance and having to do things and it needs to look like this or you need to be at this party or you need to attend that that's silly the Bible says in Proverbs 14 that live with a tranquil tranquil heart be happy with what you have and we make our hearts untranquil if there's a word like that because you know what they've got that and I need that and all these features that creep up to us. So, Josh, don't worry about that one. All your friends, it's cool. If you've got Jesus, you've got everything you need. Promise, it's the truth. The weight of favoritism. The little cliques we form. Like, I like her, but I don't like him. And, yeah, this is lacquer and this is comfortable. We can't have that in church. It's a sin. To form a clique and not be involved in other people's lives that is not what community is. Community is that it doesn't matter who walks through the doors, we will reach out. And that's what James 2 is all about. Don't let the rich man walk in and you tell him, hey, come, here's a seat. Frank's not using it today, so you're allowed to come and sit down here. And then when the poor man comes, you say, you know what, just 
hang on to the back. And this has become a weight in the church world today. We just some people are welcome, even in our life groups or in our social environments, because we just don't want to deal with the brokenness of others. This is wrong. And this is a weight that God wants us to get rid of, that we should cast off. The weight of finance. This is a big one, so I chose a heavy one. Finances is from God. It's a gift from God. He gives it to us when we work hard for the ability to buy bread and have an existence. But maybe this weight has become too much of a big one to you, where all you eat and drink and sleep about is your financial matters. It's stolen your peace. It's stolen your rest. And you're dragging this around. And God is saying to you today, drop this. It's not worth it. Let it go. Some other weights that I want to mention this morning. We'll get to those in the end. It's the weight of own strength. Anyone suffers with this? Boer market plan? It's like, you know what? Okay, Jesus, I'm impatient. You say that you would help me, but it's not happening, so I'm just going to do it now. Or, you know what? I don't need you. I, I think I've got this one covered. We can't do that. Hebrews 4 says, and we talked about this, enter his rest, and from the position of rest, you won't do things out of strive and out of your own strength, but yet we walk around with this weight and we try and make things happen that we ought not. Josh, let's do a little bit of a test. Want to stand up quickly? See if you can hold on to that. Now leave finance for now. Yeah, that's heavy. Give him a hand. He's doing pretty well. Let's sit down. We're going to do a few more. Ooh. I'm saying this one lightly, but with conviction. The weight of family. Some of us have got difficult scenarios in our families that make this quite a heavy weight in our lives. And the question this morning is, will you give that to Jesus? But then there's the flip side of the coin where family has become the center of everything we do. All the decisions we make, we say Jesus first and then family, but you know what? My kids X, Y, and Z, so I'm not going to be involved in church because X, Y, and Z. So enough, amen. And for what I see happening in the world today is where the center of Christ is exchanged for a center of child. Where we put children and their needs ahead of Jesus Christ. And that's heavy. I said this, what is praiseworthy, we shouldn't be making praise holy. In other words, that which is praiseworthy and family is, has become something that receives all our praise. And all our decision making lies within that context. You know what? Mm, big decision to make. Let's consider family first. No, let's consider God first. And then we'll put family into that after that. Jesus said, whoever does not, strong word, hate, brother and sister, mom and dad, son and daughter, is not worthy to follow me. It's not Peter who said it. Don't send me an email tomorrow and say, yes, you're being harsh. I just realized that this is something in our world today that's become a weight because we read everything through these glasses and we've made family the altar of worship where Christ should be that and out of that comes all the springs of life that our family can enjoy. So let's make him the center, not slogging this one around and let's be 
praiseworthy towards family, but let's not make it the only thing or the main thing that receives our praise. So that's another way. To need the two big ones, brokenness. There might have been moments in your life where this has come to you and it's still clinging on. The Bible says that God is near to the brokenhearted. In fact, he says, those with a broken and contrite spirit, he welcomes. And he says that that is actually better than our perfect worship. Psalm 51. The desires of God is for a broken heart and a contrite spirit, not to have it all together. And you might be sitting here this morning and you're saying, Pierre, you know what, I'm, I'm just broken into pieces. This is this one overwhelming weight that I can't seem to drop. And Jesus is saying today that at his cross, he can make you whole and fully whole. And he can change your identity so that you can run the race with endurance. Before I get to the last one, Josh, let's see how you do. I want you to take this bag and these. Just ha- hang on. Oh, it's going to get heavy. So now you guys need to cheer him on. You need to get this to the back. All right. You can go. All of it. At once. And, and once. Okay, just hang on. Why don't his dad jump in to help him? This is his dad. He's going to give him a hand and help him do it. So do you think it's still three seconds? There we go. You guys can put the weights down at the end there. Isn't that a powerful picture? That's what church is. That's where we say, you know what, we recognize that there are weights, but there's community, and we can actually help each other carry it. But here's the key this morning, is I don't want you to keep carrying your weights. I want us to look at Hebrews 12 and say, yes, Jesus, we want to drop this. We want to drop this unnecessary weight in running your kingdom, in running in the race of your kingdom, because that is what it is to simply be with you and not have any more strain. And it is possible. I don't say that lightly. I realize that for some of us, we're fighting weights and battles for years. But I've got faith that in an instant, Jesus can change it. And then there's the last one which is separated from the weights of life in this verse, and it speaks about sin. Probably the heaviest one. And again, (laughs) I always say this, and I always keep saying it, Jesus made the Christian life easy. If you're still carrying this one around, you have not had the revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because he says, come to me, Drop this. I don't want to drop it. I don't want to break the floor. Let it go. Get it out of your life and run this race with endurance. It's the lightweights in life who become the heavyweights in the kingdom of God. So the question this morning is, Pierre, that's all good and well. And you know what? My things are quite hectic. And... um, I might not have had help like Josh, someone jumping in and saying, let me help you carry this. So here's the key to us this morning. And it's the very next verse in Hebrews 12. It's on the screen. Consider him. Think about Jesus. 
take your mind off your weights and off the things of your back and put it on Jesus Christ, who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. The only way for us to get rid of the weights in our life is to take our mind off it and say, you know what, Jesus, I'm putting it on you because you, you even went to death for me and the hostility of my sin was placed on you and you ran your race with endurance. So how would I not get into a place where I say, God, it is possible because you've carried it all and we sang it this morning. You carried our shame. You carried our sin. He's put it on his back. And will we be a church to say, no, I want it back. I enjoy quite a high BMI. Or will we be a church to say, we drop that and we only carry one burden and one yoke. And that's the one of you, Jesus Christ, and sharing your love with the world. Drop your weight and keep it off. Christ bore it for you on the cross. That's the conclusion of this series. Is to say, you know what? Let's get rid of it so that we can run. And there's a great cloud of witnesses out there, but there's a great cloud of witnesses in here, in community. Let's cheer each other on. Let's carry some weight. Let's say, you know what? Your brokenness, let's get, let's get beyond that now. Let's be like Paul who says, no more, just the future, not the past. And Brian is gonna minister a song to us. And I want you to take a moment personally in saying, Jesus, what are the weights that I've added to my life that's clinging to me closely so that you can take a moment to get rid of it. So that you can come with boldness to his throne of grace, as the Bible says, and experience the fullness that it has for you. Jesus, we thank you that we can look to you, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, the champion of our faith, that you set the perfect example of what it is to run with endurance. Lord, forgive us for the times that we've become weary and faint-hearted, where we said we want to hang on to our worry a little bit longer. We want to make other things more important than you, and where that has kept us from running boldly in the calling that you have given us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that by your gentle conviction, you would come and speak to our hearts this morning to lay our burdens down at the foot of the cross.